Welcome, everyone, to a little pre-Thanksgiving edition of Over and Back. It's Wednesday. I took the day off, so I'm enjoying some college basketball. I got Iowa State and Tyrese Halliburton playing Michigan on right now. You could also call this the uh, What the Hell Happened to Duke Last Night edition of Over and Back, which we will get into in a second. As usual, right, we're going to talk Duke. We're going to talk Wisconsin Badger basketball. We'll talk a little Zion update, although there isn't much. We'll talk Hero and Nunn in the Miami Heat. We'll get into the, uh, the Wisconsin guys, Halliburton, like we mentioned before. Nice article on him today in The Ringer. Uh, McCabe, Justice, a little uh, odds and ends at the end. But again, welcome to Overback. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, Duke lost last night. Probably uh, the worst loss in the uh, history of Duke. I would say one of them for sure. The second time this year that a number one seed, uh, number in, I should say number one ranked team, has lost at home against a non-conference opponent. Doesn't happen often, but it happened twice already this year. I think that just tells you that there's not that many good teams this year. And I think we say it every year. Every year it's like, ah, there's just, there's just not a top team. There's all these, these teams are just all really good. I think they're all really bad. If you watch these games, they're very, very sloppy games. Duke had like 22 turnovers last night. They're, they're, not, they're not great basketball games to watch, unfortunately. And speaking of not great basketball to watch, uh, the Badgers, which we'll get to in a second too. But So Duke loses last night, Stephen F. Austin. Um. I'm slowly thinking that Coach K, uh, his coaching ability is getting less and less. It's uh, it's not as successful as it has been in the past. And I think he's relying much more on having the top-ranked recruiting classes in America, which is a great thing to rely on, right? If you've got all the talent in the world, roll the ball out, let them go. It doesn't always work that way. Uh, I had texted Evan last night during the game. I'm just, I said... This is by far the hardest uh, Duke team I've ever had to like tr- try to get myself to root for. Like it's typically easy in the past. Right? Last year was he had Zion, right? You know, in the years past, you got you know Bagley, you got Tatum, Jabari Parker. I mean, even guys that have, all these guys that people hate, but Duke guys, you know, Duke fans love these guys, right? This year, I just don't. I've, it's just hard for me to get to get excited. I'm not a Trey Jones fan. He's he's not he's not that great, right? Stanley is athletic. All right. Probably ends there. Carey is huge, yet we don't decide to get him the ball much. Uh, Hurt is like a Will Chevalier. No offense to Will. Very great basketball player out of Kimberly, but probably shouldn't be playing at Duke. That's just my, my opinion. Sorry, Will. Um, that's the reason that Will Chevalier doesn't play at Duke, but Matthew Hurt does. Uh, who else do we got? Uh, Moore is just a turnover machine. I don't think he has any clue what he's doing half the time with the ball. So all this stuff, you just, all this stuff's a perfect, it's just a perfect storm into losing game, a game like this. And what really ticks me off, and that's why I bring up the Coach K thing, is if you guys watch the end of this game, Duke had three opportunities with like 30 seconds or less, 35, 40 seconds or less to call a timeout. They had a timeout left. Uh, Stephen F. Austin did not. And Coach K just decides not to. That's fine. You want to trust your players, and then you can go, well, so I trust you guys. Three times they could have t- called a timeout, and they didn't. And then obviously they, uh, they turn the ball over, and they lose on a, on a last-second layup. If you watch Trey Jones, like this game to me is on Trey Jones and on Coach K. On Coach K because of the timeout factor, and maybe not getting carry the ball as much as possible. And a couple other things here, but Trey Jones, this game is on Trey Jones. I mean, he had eight turnovers. 
Why? Why? And Coach K, why? Your your point guard has eight turnovers, yet you're going to trust him to do something positive at the end of a game and, and not call a timeout. Just go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know what Trey Jones is thinking. Uh, yeah, he had 12 assists. Great. And he makes some good passes. He shoots way too much, and he actually shot pretty well last night uh, from three. I think he was four of 10 overall, so not great from the field, but I think he was two of four from three. Shot his free throws well. But 12 assists and eight turnovers. You, you just can't have eight turnovers. You can't take, you can't, you can't handle the ball like that. And if you watch some of the passes he made at the end, uh, props to Joe Hurley for snapping me some, uh, some replays of it. Like, there was one that should have been a tur- turnover that wasn't this, you know, Austin tipped it out. One, the one toward, towards the end, he throws at Hurts' feet. Like, oh, here, you'll catch this. He just looked, he does, I'm, I've never been a big fan of Trey Jones. I watched him when he was 15 or 16-ish, before he even committed to Duke, but everyone knew he was going to Duke because of Tyus. I saw him in Mequon at an AU tournament. And I just, I wasn't that impressed. Like, yeah, he's good, you know, but I, for him to lead a team like this, I, I, don't, I don't see it. And this team really, really looks like an AU team. They just have all this talent, roll it up and they roll it out and they just go up and down the court and, and try to let their talent take over. And it doesn't, it just doesn't work. They don't have many shooters aside from Hurt that play. The, the shooters they do have, they don't even, Coach K doesn't even play. Not even for a little bit. I mean, Baker played three minutes last night. He's supposed to be your lot, you know, your shut your your uh, sharpshooter, right? Uh, O'Connell didn't play much. I I get it. They're not your five star athletes who you recruited, but clearly the five star athletes couldn't do shit last night. So I'm I'm just not a fan recently of the job, the coaching jobs that Coach K has done. Right? I mean, he gets the the, the top recruits. He's a great recruiter, best recruiter in the country. Him and Coach Cal, right? And, and Coach K can always be like, hey, I coached Kobe, I coached LeBron, I coached Durant. You want to talk to him, I can get him on the phone. That's a lot of credibility. It's tough to recruit against that, right? Coach Cal, when you're recruiting, he's like, hey, you come to me, you're going to the NBA. And, and for Coach Cal, Tyler Hero should be the poster boy for his recruitment, right? Look at this guy. He's, I got him the number 13th pick in the draft. Like that's, beside those guys, you know, those two guys are amazing recruiters. Everyone else just kind of fills in the spots, right? And I just feel like Coach K is relying so, so much on his talent and not actually having a coach a game. And it showed last night. It showed. It just was a bad game. And towards the end of the game, he got outcoached. Because I don't think he even coached. I think he just stood there, let his players do whatever, and, jo- and let Jones lead the team, quote-unquote lead the team. And uh, that, that loss is on those two guys, in my opinion. It was, and it, thank God it's November. Like it Really, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't mean anything. I don't get, I don't get pissed anymore about... about losses like this. They happen. It's November. In March, we'll see where my expectations are at for this team. Right now, they're not high. But I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't have high expectations for any team in the country right now. No one looks good. But this, 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 you know, this is a loss that you can, you can learn from and grow from, hopefully. Because uh, they've got a lot, a, lot, a, lot of, uh, a lot of room to grow, for sure. They got a lot to, they got to learn uh, how to take care of the ball much better, better shots, just less, less sloppy. It's just so many turnovers. And I always like to think about this recently. I like to think about this. So for those of that are listening to this podcast, just think about how old your, your parents are, right? Or your dad, let's say, just dad specifically, right? My dad's uh, 72. He's going to be 73 in January. Coach K is going to be 73 in February. No offense to you, dad, but I wouldn't trust you to run the number, ranked, number one ranked team in the country. I just, you know, decision making gets a little, uh, little spotty, a little iffy. And we've got all these old guys that are, are coaching teams. And I'm not saying Coach K is senile or anything like that, 
But you lose a little as you get older, right? You, sometimes you don't hear as well. You repeat things. You ask the same questions. Uh, your memory go, you know, stuff like that. Like you, you kind of lose it. And I'm, again, I'm not saying that Coach K is losing it. I am just saying that he's old. Like he's he's 72. That's that's a that's anyone who goes to 72 is not old. That's very young. Eh, debatable. Uh, I think that uh, I think it's old. And so I just. You know, maybe the mind just doesn't work like it used to. I know my dad's mind doesn't work like it used to. Shit, I'm 42. My mind doesn't work like it used to 10, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, but that's just, I just don't think that Coach K recently has done a great coaching job, especially with the amount of talent that he has gotten in uh, to his program. Transitioning to a program that uh, does not get much talent at all, the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, I like I like the point that we're at right now. Like I, I guess I'm, I, I don't I don't want to call myself a Badger fan. I shouldn't because I bash them all the time. I am a Duke Duke fan number one. As I'm just get done bash, bashing Coach K, but I love it that we're at this point for Badger fans, where they're all pissed off. They all want guard out, right? They think the team sucks. They can't do it. If you watched the game yesterday against New Mexico, it was about as bad as it gets. Um, someone I'm Facebook friends with, who I went to high school with posted something on Facebook about saying, hey, you know, guard's got to go. It's time. And if you guys know me, I, I wasn't a big Bo Ryan uh, fan. I think he got a lot out of his players. I think he, I, I think he had a perfect timing with Decker and Kaminsky, uh, you know, and that crew that went to the Final Four. And, and since that, you know, guard just, you know, we all know what, we all know what happened, right, with Tyler Hero. Uh, we know that he can't typically really, you know, recruit in-state very well. And we'll kind of touch and go on that with regards to Halliburton and stuff like that because people were commenting. And, you know, a bunch of Badger fans were commenting on this Facebook post like, he's got the best recruiting class in the history of Wisconsin coming in. And then you look at the class that he's got coming in and it's like, is Wisconsin a D2 or D3 school? Like, this isn't a top. It's a top class for Wisconsin. So, like, I think what happens is we have all these, the Badger fans, their expectation got so high because of these, the final fours that they went to. When in reality, you probably should lower your expectations, right? Like, you're not winning a lot of games with Reavers as your centerpiece. Like everyone thinks he's going to make this Kaminsky, Ethan Hap type jump. It's not happening. It's it's not. I I just I don't see a way that that path is going to is that that that's a path that that's going to go that way where he's going to end up with Kaminsky or Hap. No no freaking way. And I, you know you got a lot of in-state kids. You got Kobe King. You got Pritzel. I know Davison's from Minnesota, but they're all kind of similar. Anderson. Like I'm sorry. I, I know this statement is it's. They're, they're D1 college basketball players, correct? But they're not D1 college basketball players. I, I'm, I just, they're just not. So I've never been a Badger fan just because of the style of play. But I just don't. I mean, you look yesterday. They can't guard anyone. You, you, New, Mexico, New Mexico spreads them out. You're, I mean, I'm, Pritzel, Davison, Anderson, I'm sorry, guys. You're not, you're not guarding high, you know, high elite athletic guys in the country. You're just not. And it showed yesterday. And it doesn't help when you go two of 26 from three. I think it was two of 26, two of 25, whatever it was. I know there was one at the end maybe, but it didn't make me count. Whatever. Regardless, like you can't shoot like that. And Prince was supposed to be a knockdown shooter. Davidson's supposed to be a knockdown shooter. And they're not hitting anything. And I, have, I get it. You have games like that, right? You're not going to, you're typically not going to beat anyone when you shoot two of 26 from three. But I'm, again, I'm not a huge fan of Garden. I'm not a huge fan of the way they play. It's so slow down. It's so ugly. And look, Again, I started this pod by talking about how sloppy all of college basketball is as a whole, including Duke, including the top teams. Michigan State looks awful too. Kansas looked awful against Duke in the beginning of the year. But I don't want to watch the Badgers, that's for sure. It's, it's awful. But again, I love it like, because all these Badger fans are just, 
they're just sick of it, right? Where they're all spoiled and have this high expectation of, right, it's, it's Final Four. It's Final Four. And, you know, maybe this correlates to me and the Packers. Like, I was talking to my friend Mike the other day, and he's like, I think, you know, Packers win the division. It's good. It's a good season. I go, no, it's not. The expectations for the Packers is Super Bowl. And I think that's a legitimate expectation, right? If you have one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game in Aaron Rodgers, your expectation should always be the Super Bowl. I know they were bad last year. I don't care. I think you should be able to put a, a, a little enough around him that he should be able to get the team to the Super Bowl. So I, I guess maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but like, I think the Badger fans, and I don't have any expectations for the Badgers. Just to, That's just not me. I, I don't think they're ever going to get back to that point until... Like, I don't think guard will ever get to the final four. This is not, I just don't think it's going to happen. You would have to have something so, so, someone so unique come into the program. You know, Hero shunned them and Jalen Johnson shunned them. And right, and that's fine, right? It's, it's, it's neither here nor there, right? I I know you got the, uh, the Davis twins coming in next year. I don't think what that, whatever they're, they're ranked out of the top 100 in the country. They're top in the state, but they're not this, these elite players that are going to lead in my opinion right now to uh, guard to the, to the final four. I don't think the Final Four is going to happen again until you until you move on. It's just the way it is. You got to something's got to change because right now it clearly is not working. Um, but if you're friends with me on Facebook, you're probably friends with this person too. It's kind of interesting. News, you know, guards all, all this. There was kind of stats and all these people, Badger fans, pissed off and and chiming in that again they got the greatest recruiting class Wisconsin's ever had uh, next year. Which I don't. That's just a product of the system. Like that's a product of the program and and the history of their recruiting. Like I don't think it says much, right? But, but I know the Badger fans will hold out positively, and that's fine. Like, you want to be positive about your team and, and hope that they can get better and reach that, the Final Four again. I'm just not one of those guys that thinks it's going to happen. So anyway, let's move on to the NBA real quick. Uh, Zion, not a, not a big Zion update, right? He's, he's apparently coming along fine. Looks good. We're about, probably, what, two weeks away from him making his return. They're not going to push him ahead of schedule. No one would. It's stupid. We'll see him at some point. They're going to make sure he's 100% ready to go. NBA season has been great so far. It's been uh, if you if you if you if you if you watch the NBA and you like the NBA, then you definitely would not like to watch the Badgers because uh, the NBA teams are basically putting up in a quarter what the Badgers scored in an entire game. But uh, it's like the game. There's a Phoenix Washington game tonight. The over under is two forty one and a half. It's just freaking crazy. So it's been exciting. It's a lot of scoring. That's what they want. Like that's that is what people like to see. Uh, Daryl Morey was on uh, Bill Simmons podcast Monday. And they were talking about spacing and up tempo and stuff like that, and if they would ever change things. And Maury's like, if anything, if they change everything and anything, and they and it brought down scoring, Silver would immediately change it so it brought it back up. Like they want, they want, you know, they want spacing, Halliburton with a three, and um, you know, they want they want up tempo and exciting and exciting games. Uh, where was I going with this? I don't know. Zion will be back, and the NBA is going to be more exciting when when Zion comes back. So, moving on to our man Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, great. Uh, are we, is he rookie of the year yet? No, he's not rookie of the year, guys. Again, still not rookie of the year on his own team. That belongs to Kendrick Nunn. If we review uh, some things regarding the year, you know, Hero's averaging 14, 4, and 2. Respectable for the 13th pick, a 19 year old. That's great. Halliburton with a bucket. He's shooting 38% from three, so that's great. I mean, he's shooting better from the three in the NBA level and a further shot than he did last year at Kentucky. He's got a one-to-one assist to turnover ratio, so not great, right? Uh, he's the thing about Hero is like, and I, I'll still get texts from people, right, about Hero. Oh, Hero's having a good game. Hero's not starting, and when he plays in close games, he's not getting a ton of minutes. He's recently he's been getting some some good minutes because they've played Cleveland and played another crappy team. I can't remember who it was Charlotte, and he's getting those minutes, right? And he's getting minutes against 
second, you know, the second five. He's not getting minutes with starters. So it's good for him, right? He's getting, he's look, he looks good with it. So he's not like, he's not falling flat in his face, but let's not, you know, pretend ourselves that heroes getting all these minutes with these starters and he's, and he's playing really well with the stars, whatever. Uh, he does play with, obviously he's playing with stars at sometimes, but he's not playing starters type minutes. Kendrick Nunn, however, is starting Kendrick Nunn 17, two and three, uh, 41% from three. And you know, the one positive about here, I will say is, and I, and I sit here and talk about how they're rookies, right? That Kendrick Nunn is, he's going to be, he's a top three rookie of the year right now. Him, Morant, I don't know who else you, who else you even could say, but, uh, cause I'm not thinking right now. Um, but Kendrick Nunn's 25 years old. Like, I'm not going to, I know if I was in the other, if I was, if I was listening to a podcast that was all about Kendrick Nunn and I was a hero fan, uh, I guess if I was listening to this podcast and I was a hero fan, I'd be like, hey, the dude's 19. I get it. Like, Kendrick Nunn's five to six years older than, than hero. So there's a positive. So like all these, again, I said it last time we were, when I was recording is it's okay that hero struggles on defense. It's okay that he's not better than Kendrick Nunn right now. That doesn't mean anything. It's just one year, right? You, you see what happens as the year goes. I'm doing a podcast now because I have, because uh, it's entertaining to me. I, 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 watched, I watched Tyler Hero a lot, and he looks good. He looks very good at times. And then the other times he looks like a 19-year-old, which is what he should. So we'll see if, uh, if either of these guys, you know, Hero mainly, if they hit that rookie wall, right? It's when they get to game, you know, 30, 35, 40. Because uh, they're not used to playing that much, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, the one thing I do not like about Hero's uh, game is his style game. I, I really don't. I, I truly believe that he has got a closet where he presses a button and it's just kind of like a lottery, and just it spits out random shoes, it spits out random socks, it spits out random uh, pants, it spits out a random shirt. Doesn't matter if they match, whatever. He just puts it on and he walks out of the house, and then he puts it on Instagram, and everyone says he's got the best drip. I I can't do it. I'm sorry, guys. I just. I'm fine. I'm an, I'm the old white guy, 42 Halliburton with the steel and dunk. Um, I just can't do it. I, I don't know why that anyone thinks that looks good, and I get it does. All you kids think it, it's whatever, fine. Maybe I'll never get you as listeners because of that. Let's move on. Speaking of Halliburton, he's got 23 points right now, 10 and 19 from the field. If you have not seen it or read it, and I guess I should say read it because if you saw it, it doesn't really mean much to you. Just, it's an article on TheRinger.com. It's an article about Tyrese Halliburton and how he's a top prospect in the NBA draft uh, this coming year. And we don't know much about him or if it makes sense. And he's just got all these analytics and stuff like that. Really, really good article. If you have not read it, go to theringer.com. Uh, you'll see it in the front page, all the stuff about Tyrese Halberton. If you've listened to the podcast over the last year or whatever, you know that I typically was not a Tyrese Halliburton fan. And I, I don't want to say that I wasn't a fan. I guess I should take a step back. I, I, I initially was never a fan and I don't know him, right? I, he's refed one of my youth sports youth games years ago with his father, <clears throat> and uh, he was fine. I don't know him. Uh, I've I've was not a fan just because of certain other things, not as that really had a whole lot to do with basketball. And those who know me know why. Uh, and I guess I wasn't really a big a fan because he shoots two handed. And they actually meant that mentioned that in the article how his shots not the greatest, but his game's amazing. Like he is, he's so efficient. And he's not shooting great from three this year. He's like 30%, whereas last year he was um, 43%. But this year he's averaging 11, 5, and 10. I think he's either he's first or second in assists in, in college, which is crazy. Like this kid that comes out of Oshkosh that's 6'5", I think he's 175. No, he probably graduated 6'5", 155. I mean, he, is, he was real thin. But he's having a great year, and, his, and this article is just about how, you know, what kind of NBA prospect he is. And, um, about how he wasn't highly recruited, 
you know, I ended up going to Iowa State. I think they said Cincinnati, Minnesota recruited him, stuff like that. Another one, Badger fans right there. That was someone that wrote in Facebook thing about how, uh, you know, guard can't recruit and he doesn't even recruit Halliburton. And people are like, well, he's, you know, High Halliburton wasn't this top. If you are the, high, if you are the, the head coach of a college basketball team, you should probably, first and foremost, recruit those players in state. And I don't care if he's not a top player, quote-unquote top player. That is part of your job is to really do some extra digging about someone. You should be good enough to see that this Halliburton kid might be pretty fucking good. Now, I don't know if he would have gone to Wisconsin or if he was going to go to Iowa State no matter what. I don't know the ins and outs of how he made his decision. All I know is the, the, the Badgers were not on board of recruiting anyone. Like, think about that. They didn't recruit Halliburton. They didn't recruit McCabe. They didn't recruit, recruit Keyshawn Justice. Uh, Hero, I think, basically said he wanted to go there before they even recruited him, and then he ditched him. So, like, that's Badgers. Like, that, just think about that, you guys. Like, that's what that's what's the core of this Badger stuff is, right? They, they got to do a better job of, of recruiting the top talent in state, whether or not that talent is the top at that moment in time, right? It's, it's only been, you know, a year and a half, two years. So, um, interesting, inter- a couple of interesting things in the article, just speaking of, you know, as far as recruiting and, and Hero goes, I didn't know this. Hero played for one day. This is just, it's funny. So, Halliburton never went on, and part of this, the reason he wasn't highly recruited is because he was never on like the the AAU circuit that was sponsored by shoes, right? So a lot of these programs are either Adidas, there's Adidas, Under Armour, Nike, these circuits that they do for AAU. And this AAU team, AAU team that he played for wasn't sponsored by a, a shoe company. So they couldn't go on these certain circuits, these certain leagues. And he was kind of nudged to like, hey, you got to switch AAU teams. You got to get on the circuit. You got to get noticed, stuff like that. And he told his coach and his trainer, he said, I'm not doing it. I, you guys have gotten me to where I am. I'm, I'm staying put. I'll, I'll deal with it. And what's interesting in this, you kind of probably could have seen the writing on the wall, Badger fans, but like Hero was on this team and then Hero switched to another team and then switched to another AAU team and then decommitted from Wisconsin. To another. So it's like you've got Hero who does, who had switched to, he was on three AAU teams and a lot of kids do this. I'm not going to pick on Hero. A lot of kids switch AAU teams and then he switched schools twice and where Halliburton was on one AAU team was loyal to them, ended up getting a scholarship from Iowa State. You know, I'm sure probably late in the game, he probably could have decommitted and, w- and went somewhere maybe better, quote unquote better. Uh, but he didn't, he chose not to, which is, that's, that's really, really admirable. It was, it was really cool to, to read that in the article that, that Halliburton did that. Uh, they talk about, you know, his, they talk, like I said, they talk about his shooting stroke, stuff like that. You know, one thing that kind of, I didn't like to hear him say, but he's like, you know, I don't care if it goes, you know, because it goes in. But he also did say, he's like, I understand I'm going to have to change it at some point. Like, he knows that. He can't shoot from in front of his face at the next level. He's just he's gonna get blocked all the time. So he understands. I think he's very aware of his of his ability and where he's at, which is really really cool. Uh, you know, also says in the article about how his mom and everyone thought he was gonna redshirt. I, I'm raising my hand. I, I thought for sure he was gonna redshirt. Uh, one because I just didn't think that he could play at a D1 level that soon. Just and mainly because he was so skinny, like really really skinny. I didn't think. I think they would be. I thought they would basically tell him take the year. Let's put some you know ten fifteen pounds of muscle on, and you'll, you'll come back. And, and he didn't, and he proved everyone wrong last year. Uh, he just scored again. They are down 77-69 with two minutes left against Michigan. Ooh, sorry. Uh, so good article if you haven't seen it or uh, read it. TheRinger.com uh, about Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, trans- uh, transition to McCabe and, and Keyshawn Justice, not a whole lot. They're both averaging about 14 minutes a game, so not, not great. I mean, McCabe's averaging... Three points, one rebound, and three assists. He's one for 10 from three. Uh, Justice is averaging five, two, and one. He's shooting well from three, six of 11. Not a big you know, sample, but 
hopefully those guys will get more minutes as we go because the more they play, the more uh, the more we have to talk about here on over and back. Look, I can make I'm fine. We can talk. We can talk Duke Badgers Hero uh, Zion Kendrick Nunn and Halliburton all we want. That's fine. I got enough, that's enough material for me, right? If I can do this every two weeks, I always try to do it every week. It's sometimes tough, whatever. But uh, that's about it, right? Everyone have a great Thanksgiving. A couple other notes I had. If you guys are watching Memphis at all, there's a, I don't want to even say his name. It starts with a Q. His shorts are ridiculous. This short, short phenomenon started a couple years ago. And I'm not a fan of it. You know, even, you know, I, I grew up watching the guys that had short shorts in the NBA. And then obviously, I, you know, I'm, I'm more of the baggy shorts with, you know, the Michigan guys and, and stuff like that. You look at my closet of basketball shorts that I had over the last 20 years, they're all pretty much, they're more baggy than they are short or tight. This guy seriously is wearing volleyball shorts. And it's really, it's kind of disturbing. And I don't, I don't want to hammer on someone for their sense of style or their, what they want to wear. Like, you want to be you, be you. Uh, I just don't want to see the bottom of your testicles or the bottom of your butt cheeks. And I really think that that's kind of what you can see uh, with these shorts. And it's kind of just, again, it's not, not the greatest thing to, uh, to look at. So if you get to watch a Memphis game, check out a Memphis game. Everyone check out a Memphis game. Uh, Draymond Green. I know a loyal listener has talked about this as well. Uh, I was always in the camp that Draymond Green was a fit. Right, he got he just fell into the right spot with Golden State, playing us, you know, playing next to Clay and and uh, and Steph. And now I think we're seeing if Draymond Green really isn't that good of a basketball player. You got no one around you. I'm mean, no granted. Golden State's team is awful, but there are certain people that are not that can't fit that role, right? And sometimes you never know if they are a a top guy or not, right? It's really easy to play with four other really good players, right? If you're like the worst player on the team or you're the worst player, if you're the fifth best guy in the court, right? There's four guys better than you. It's, it's pretty easy to play, right? It's really easy to play with four really, really good guys, right? And I, you know, that's one thing I, I see with a lot of these, these high school kids and these college kids is I don't know how they're really, how they're really going to do, right? Do we know if any of these guys on Duke can really play, you know, on their own with, with four maybe role player type guys? They all go to top schools in high school, right? So they're all playing with each other. They're, they're all playing with top kids. They go to college. They all team up. They're all playing with top kids. So they all look really good. It's really, t- it's, it's really easy when you've got four other five-star athletes next to you. And then you go to the next level. At some point, you've got to prove that either you can play with you know, minimal talent around you, you know, in relative to what, you know, the league that you're playing in. Uh, you can or you can't. And I think we're seeing that Draymond is not a quote-unquote star, stud that can handle leading the team and being the main guy. And I worry about, like I, I see it in high school and I see it in college and I worry about a lot of these, these kids that, yeah, we got a lot of talent around them, but when push comes to shove, are they really going to be that good? Are, are these five-star athletes, you know, coming out of high school and in high school right now, are they really that good? Are they really? Are we, gonna, are we sure that they are? It's, it's really, really tough because it, it gets foggy and hazy to me because none of them have really proven anything, right? You watch them on the AAU circuit, and they're beating teams by 30 and 40 because there's five really good players on the team and on the court, and you just don't know. And now there's some that you, there are some that you see that that can definitely you know that can that can definitely play at a, at a high level. Uh, if anyone caught like the Sierra Canyon game, you know, the other night, they're supposed to be one of the best teams, high school teams in the country. They didn't look good. There's a couple of guys that are like getting recruited, highly, highly recruited, and I wasn't that impressed, you know. 
and that should be a team that's actually full of you know good a good amount of high talent. But um, anyways, my point with Draymond is I you know I was always waiting for this moment. I think a lot of people who didn't like who don't like Draymond, and I think a lot of people don't like Draymond just because he's kind of a cock. Was we're waiting for this moment where all right now now prove it now prove that you're good at basketball that you really do belong in the league. And I know he's been hurt, but it sure hasn't looked impressive. Um, obviously the Warriors, their talent is it's it's rough. I mean they're NBA players per se, but um, it's 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 not great. So I just want I just kind of wanted to talk about that because like I said, someone that I know listens to the podcast had tweeted it out before that he's he he's in the same boat as me like. Not so sure Draymond's that great of a player and ended up being a right fit. And that's that's nothing against Draymond because there's a I mean, over half of the league, there's probably seventy five percent of the league that is fit. You gotta make you gotta get there's 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 like twenty five percent, yeah, maybe not even that much like stars and studs. And the rest you just gotta find a fit, right? You that's why, you know, someone like Heroes probably will probably will have a long career because he understands how to play with other guys. He'll just run around uh, and make right cuts and not stand around and and stare at everyone. But uh, but you got there. It's all there's a lot of a lot of fit in the NBA, and and I just think that Draymond's more of a fit. So there's people that think that Draymond's a stud. Mm, not so sure. All right, I think that's gonna do it for over and back. Um, one more thing. Do we have any dentists that listen to uh, the podcast? Any dentists? If we do, please tweet tweet me at Spread and Bread and answer me this. I went to the dentist yesterday. Now I'm assuming everyone has the same kind of dentist routine as I do, right? To clean your teeth, polish them, whatever, and then they always end up like flossing them. Why do they floss your teeth by hand? Why do they do the old school wrap your fingers, wrap the floss around your fingers and jam both hands in your mouth and floss your teeth? Maybe all of yours don't. Mine, mine, mine does. And I don't get it. And I've never, I don't have braces, so my teeth aren't perfectly straight. Uh, I have my wisdom teeth still. And I got some places where my teeth are tight and it's kind of tough to get the floss in and out of there. But dentist, why do we not have... Uh, our offices and our, our dental hygienists using the like um, the handle ones, right? Where you can just basically kind of stick the handle back and far in the mouth and just floss that way. Why do we not do that? And even yesterday, the lady's like, um, you know, you should try to use some glide stuff. Otherwise, you know, use the handle ones. We can get back there. And I'm like thinking to myself, why the fuck did you not just do that? Because my fucking mouth hurts because you've been jamming two fists in your mouth trying to floss my teeth. So dentist, please let me know. What's up with that? Why are we why why are we doing it the old school way? And, and and if you're and I'd love to hear if you're not. I would love, do dentist again. I don't know how many if there's any dentists listening out there, but I want to know. Uh, you know, I want to know from everyone. What does your dentist do? Does your dentist do they do your hygienist just shove their freaking two fists out in your throat <laughs> in your mouth, getting trying to get your back teeth, trying to floss those teeth, or uh, or do they actually use one of those little handle things? It seems a lot very 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 more logical. I understand that the cost is larger using the handle stuff, right? Because you got tra- to move it out and stuff like that. Um, however, judging by what I pay, I'm not quite sure that cost is a really big concern uh, for dentists and dental offices. I just, I just don't. Sorry. Uh, they get paid a lot of money. So maybe they should uh, give a little bit back and make the flossing experience at the end of a, an appointment uh, more enjoyable. Because I think everyone would agree, going to the dentist sucks. It's long. I wish it was like 15, 20 minutes. It's 45 to 50. It's not fun. Uh, I hate the flossing part of it. I think we all do. Let's make it easier. All right. All right. Lots of basketball going on. Uh, everyone, uh, thanks for listening again. Read the Halliburton article if you have not already. And uh, everyone have a great Thanksgiving and a great weekend. I'll uh, see you in a week or two. This has been Over and Back.